This is Take Note. It's a podcast about paying attention and keeping a notebook and uh, just sharing what you've written with uh, in your notebook with your friend. My friend on the line today is Ted. Ted, how you doing? Hello. I'm doing well. Summer's over. It's over. It's done. Okay. The next stage has, the next stage has begun. I don't think summer ever ends anymore. Well, that's, that's fair. That's one interpretation. This is our hilarious podcast about stationery. Uh, I've hurt myself, uh, not with that comment. I've hurt all of us with that comment. I hurt myself as we started the show. I decided to mark my notebook, mark my what do you gots with the field notes, Tino darts. I use some darts to mark my what do you gots in the notebook. And, uh, you know, I'm not bleeding, but uh, I'm going to feel this dart injury for for some time. Not supposed to throw them. Reminds me of uh, brunch today. Uh, May was doing, my daughter was doing a hangman sesh. And she stabbed herself in the hand with the pen. So I, I got, to, got to unfurl a whole bunch of tattoo jokes. Just tattooed yourself. Well, hope you like that. That's exactly what tattooing is, what you just did to yourself. It's a good brunch. I imagine, I imagine, Ted, that that's got to be, you know... So, such a, a funny anecdote has got to be one of your what do you got so you must be short one now mm, no, no you got more overflowing you might say All right, Ted. Uh, she she actually remembered that uh, Mr. Ryan as she calls him uh, occasional co-host Ryan Sly has a I believe a permanent pencil <laughs> sub subdermal pencil wound of some kind that just is a permanent looks permanently like a bit of pencil under his skin so we were able to we were able to loop him into the the brunch conversation as well i i call him mr ryan too just not when we're recording (laughs) all right ted uh what have you written in your notebook what notebook are you using what do you got well i'm using my uh my corn my corn adorned harvest edition uh i think that's what it's called the na- you know, honestly, the names of the field notes don't stick in my head anymore. I feel like there was a period of time when I would have made an effort to know the exact name of it. but um, I'm sure that it's called Corn, Corn Adorned Harvest Edition. I'm sure you got it spot on. <laughs> well, it's, I, it's, it's really great. It's got the dotted lines, but they're still kind of like ruled lines, but they're dotted, so it serves the function that I need of being a ruled line. Uh, anyway... Uh, I've been I've been I've been throwing a lot of ink around. I've been using the uh, Uniball Vision Elite um, and the other Uniball Vision, or I think it is. They're just very inky, and I've been I've been all about it. I need to get me some 151s with all this ink slinging that I've been doing. But I've not been writing with any thin lines of late. Okay, so here's what I wrote on the 130 person. Division-wide message board at work. So this is WebEx is the particular vehicle here. Someone often posts a big happy birthday message for someone in the division that everyone can emoji up and respond to. Yet there are always those one or two people who just have to post a separate individual message in a new thread on the board Rarely is this a differentiated message, even. This isn't, oh, uh, having pastries the other day, it was so wonderful to celebrate your day. They usually just write, happy birthday, Frank. 
just the way that the person did in the initial post. <laughs> just they just have to see their own name pop up in that in that stream. That's all. Just a just an observation of human nature, Adam. That's all that is. I used to like to write uh, "Happy Birthday" with it um, spelled wrong. Like my favorite is "Happy Birthday" with an <laughs> O, uh, so that That's on good. in Facebook good. when it lumps all the birthday messages together. I'm not sure if it still does this, but you know, in days of yore, when it used to lump all the 35 friends have written on your wall to wish you a happy birthday, that'd be those 35 and then underneath <laughs> idiot Adam, happy birthday, happy birthday, <laughs> um, happy birthday, you know. I love it. Yeah. Uh, um, serving the, the important function of making sure that people feel person feels a little less appreciated than, than <laughs> the, their maximum possible level good uh what do you got adam <laughs> all right uh so you know i was i accidentally i put the headlight on while i was zipping around town wearing the helmet i felt a little goofy um technically i, I think i have to get a license plate but uh but the motorized scooter life, the electric scooter life, was in full bloom when I could smell the Chinese food wafting from my backpack as I zipped on home at 14 miles per hour on my electric scooter. I've I've embraced the electric scooter lifestyle. Do you, you own this electric scooter? I own this electric scooter. I've owned this electric wow. scooter for tw- 26 hours. Um, <laughs> I'm looking for any excuse to ride it. Went and got my wow. wife a chocolate croissant for breakfast from a little place downtown. Because, yeah, you know me, Ted. I uh, well, maybe you don't. You know that I take a walk. <laughs> you do know me, and I do take a walk every day. And I actually, I've increased the walks. I've been I've been trying to walk ten miles a day, but not really trying. Like that's just a goal. It's not like I'm mad at myself if I don't get to ten miles sure. a day. But every once in a while, I do, and I'm happy. And so I can't, I'm not going to let this electric scooter take away from my walks. So the only purpose, really, for the electric scooter you is... You gotta add. Yep. Little chores. Little chores sure. that would it would annoy me to drive. Also think I'm close enough to electric scooter to work, um, which my my coworker, whose who's drive is basically an hour, she's going to love when I show up on the electric scooter because I'm close enough to electric scooter. Um, yeah. Electric scooter life. I love it. And uh, I'm going to figure out well, how you, that headlight works. You have you have you you've positioned yourself better than most to live the electric scooter life you live near a village center i do and it's yeah it's that perfect you wouldn't you'd feel embarrassed to drive and you walk all the time but when you know a walk takes some time yep so you you no one's ever been more ready for the electric scooter life save a college athlete oh do they do a lot of electric scooters Oh, those college athletes, they love those electric scooters. I think it's something about, you know, they got a truck over to the training area every single day, so there's a heavy-duty routine there. They just fly by, which is ironic. They're the most <laughs> physically fit human beings on the face of planet Earth, and yet they whiz by on their electric vehicles. They don't need another walk, those guys. No, they don't. It's I, I am excited for you. Thank you. I'm excited for me too. I'm also, you know, since I've owned it for about 26 hours, you know, 
exaggerating for comic effect. I've owned it for about 36 hours. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I do, I also realize that this, I could use this for a week. And uh, on next week's show, you could ask me how the scooter's going. And I could be, well, oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, 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 the, sco- the scooter. Yeah. You're in the honeymoon phase. I am That's in the okay. honeymoon phase. <laughs> That's all right. All right. It's okay. <laughs> what, do you, what do you got, Ted? Well, this actually, this I didn't plan it this way, but... Uh... It kind of works for your, what do you got? This is a quote from a Jerry Reed song. You may know him as uh, the guy who sings the Smokey and the Bandit theme song. I was just listening to his record. He's a wonderful guitar player. He's he's just a fun kind of old 70s country and western guy. And one of his songs said, Old Smokey's got those ears on. Uh, and that just struck me. Cause there's, <laughs> how many times does that guy refer to Smokey? in his music and he still manages to find a way to talk about it in a manner that's compelling and creative and <laughs> metaphorical and to you mr electric scooter i'm gonna say be safe out there old smokey's got his ears on that <laughs> well thank you i appreciate that yeah you're welcome old smokey's got his ears on what do you what do you got Adam? What else you got? all right uh, this one i this one i think is self-explanatory Mom with a Jason Mraz shirt looks like Jason Mraz. <laughs> uh, not dissimilar from our, my family. I mean, it's not original, but, you know, does does the dog look like the owner? Does, does, the, does the dog the look like Jason fan... Mraz? <laughs> I'm just, I'm not even laughing at my own, what do you got? I'm laughing at, I saw this lady and I was just like, oh shit, where's my pen? <laughs> Are you sure that it wasn't Jason Mraz? I, I hope it was. I hope it was. Yeah. If anyone would wear a Jason Mraz shirt, I think it would be, it would be him. I was listening to the Daniel Johnston with Wilco live recording. I was listening to that this morning. Really? Yeah, maybe, and I haven't in forever. That's maybe weird. Spotify's juicing the algorithm or something. Um, That'd be wild, because I listen to it on Apple Music. Oh, that's funny. Um, Sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's that's fascinating. But there's the song Speeding Motorcycle, which is, uh, he, he said, I mean, it, in a way that only he could manage, he sings Speeding Motorcycle of My Soul over and over, and it just ga- gains power with every uh, with every recitation and then Will goes behind him just making it sound really good uh, but then I I mean I was so affected that I thought to myself okay what, what if I was asked to complete the line blank of my soul how would I like what were just ideas I could uh, you know what would it be? so I, I sketched out a few these are by no means comprehensive um, but this was my list. Big box store of my soul. <laughs> Lazy fly ball of my soul. Singer-songwriter of my soul. Flowing talking river of my soul. That one's kind of serious. That was inspired by Siddhartha by Herman Hess, which I, just for some reason, decided to uh, read. Noir detective of my soul. Chatty Cathy of my soul. You could... <laughs> there's really no limit to... 
the fun. I encourage you to take part at home. But none of them yeah. beat Speeding Motorcycle of My Soul. Um, that's an amazing song. I don't know. Noir Detective of My Soul is pretty good. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate pretty good. It. Wow. I wrote in my notebook my little sixth note of the day. We haven't talked about this in a while, but I, I do try to number each note of the day because I read that David Sedaris did that. So number six of the day is blank of my soul. <laughs> there you go. It's it's you could even, you could do that one a day. You could do one of those a day. It reminds me of uh, Martin Shaw, this mythologist guy that I followed for a while, until his hard turn towards Christianity threw me a little bit. Not not didn't even throw me entirely, but um, he encourages people to give the thing you love 13 secret names and I always thought that was a fascinating idea and then you know, it's like give a fill in the blank of your soul 13 secret times or something I don't know that's what it made me think of you got another one I do what do you else? I do I've got to write down give the thing you love 13 different names secret I've been names. trying to write things down secret names yeah I try to write things down a lot lately. Like you know, sometimes you feel like you fall off the wagon. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm writing in a salt shed book that I had to um, Frankenstein back together with. Uh, I guess it's not what we call Frankensteining a notebook, but I had to bring. I had to put put the pieces back together of a not very old notebook using some uh, some packaging tape. And what I've written down here, I just finished this book. Visiting Mrs. Nabokov and other excursions. It's like magazine pieces by Martin Amos, which I think I probably mentioned I was going to read mm. when Martin Amos passed away earlier this year. And uh, I, I finally got serious about it. I stopped just reading it between other things. And it's interesting. It is not like the, the best book I've ever read, and a lot of them are dated, but um, it is sort of like, uh, you know, your, your friend is taking you on a long a lot of excursions like he like like the subtitle is called and uh, the book started speaking to me more and more which was odd because it wasn't necessarily that the quality had uh, had changed it's books just ups and downs some of the magazine pieces are better than others but this quote from his uh, interview with Isaac Asimov and he does a nice thing where when he does these profiles of people for the magazine he is they're not takedowns but they are they're like honest appraisals with praise and where he's showing you the warts of the guys. But this this is a, court, a quote from Isaac Asimov. He, he said, I wanted to show the reader what it was like to be me, a genius maybe, but also a schmuck. It's a big effort for me to behave like other people. Huh. I have to concentrate on it. Otherwise, I'd be impossible. Huh. And uh, yeah, Amazing. and you know, I have to concentrate on it too. You're a Otherwise, I'd be impossible, but Which not means... because I'm a genius. Oh, come not on. Not because I'm a genius. Come on. But it was just this, like, it was like, okay, this guy, at least, you know, sometimes I'll say things, and I'll just, I'll choose the exact most critical word, and I don't mean to, but it's like a, it's like, yeah. Um, and then afterwards, I can think to myself, wow, 
any other verb would have been better than the verb I chose. <laughs> and so to, you know, to be thinking that every once in a while. Yeah. I'm not being down on myself, but I'm also not calling myself a genius. But to yeah, be thinking I'm not about being, that. I'm not being a da- down on myself when I compare myself to one of the great writers of the 20th century. <laughs> Don't misinterpret my words when I parallel my experience with Isaac Asimov's. So I really liked that. I tried to find a way to read that sentence without the uh, genius, maybe, but I couldn't. Uh, no, it just didn't make it. any sense. No, that's yeah. What makes it. Yeah. Well, I'm, so I'm holding in my hand uh, a couple of handsome notebooks from this company called Field Notes. Um, and again, as advertised, I'm not going to remember the exact name of them, but they are the new ones, the, the foil-stamped, fencing-themed, foil-themed additions uh i'll tell you what mr ryan generous soul that he is he he gifted me a a red one and a blue one and he wouldn't let me leave without taking a red one and he because he said you can't even get these in stores man and i said all right well you sold me i'll I'll take it off your hands but the i mean these are beautiful he he said they were and i i i like them because they just came right out of the blue no one ever said you should do a fencing, a fencing themed notebook. What do you think? They're, uh, I like them. They're foiled again. I think the thing that I noticed that maybe you didn't that like wasn't as obvious in like the marketing and the photos is the the glittery yeah. paper stock. Like yeah, it's yeah. not glitter, because um, I don't think anybody would be happy about it if it was. But uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a glittery cover stock. It's like just kind of not too sparkly. Yeah, uh, it's just perfect. I really and then love, that, yeah, I like that element too. The, the silver foil, like really, it works with the silver foil. I like that a lot. It looks. I, I've got them. I haven't started using them yet, but um, I think that's part of why I'm trying to write everything I can down in the salt shit edition, so I can move on yeah. to the foiled again edition. I like that they are uh, ruled paper. Yeah, I love that and, too. Uh, they feel they feel nice and sturdy. And the paper yeah. feels good too, yeah. Very thick. I covers. was, yeah. I w- I was disappointed at first that they weren't the seventy pound, which I, I think is the trailhead. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, uh, maybe the harvest has the seventy pound, and I thought I thought both harvest and trailheads had seventy pound, um, but but one of those has sixty pound, just like the, um, just like this foiled again edition, and the, and those two other editions the paper held up great so i don't think it really matters if it's 60 or 70 but that was like the you know i had that that initial like oh i wish they'd had the 70 pounds and i saw somebody else uh like posted on online that was the only drawback to them but i don't think it's a drawback I mean, I'm feeling it yeah it feels fine i don't think i would ever, yeah. ever noticed if you had not mentioned it but well, yeah, we'll, well see. and actually that yeah i only mentioned it to say that i i thought that that was a uh i thought that that was something i'd I was disappointed by, and I discovered that one of those two other editions, which are my favorite editions, uh, also has 60 pounds. It's all good there. Well, I think this is... That's what you call a backhanded comedy. <laughs> yeah. You really Let me just... see what I can find here. Um... But but that was my that was one of my reactions. Oh, that's the only sure. thing wrong with it. And then I, I was wrong. That's, there's, that's, Got there's nothing it. wrong with it. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to say. I like this, and I, I haven't really... Uh, taken taken in whatever their background you know marketing or whatever is so maybe they dig in deeper but you know when you when you get the idea that they wanted to try out some funky printing technique um 
I think that's what's fun about this one is they're like, we're going to make this pristine, awesome looking, you know, foil print, put it on this glossy paper. It's going to be like, I mean, the detail on the cover and the back cover of these Draplin designs, it just looks super sharp and looks really cool. And like they, they executed on it really well. So that, that's a fun addition for, in that sense. And they had to go to a company called Studio on Fire to do the foil. Cool. Uh, and and they're in Minneapolis. And one of the one of the things that someone has noticed and posted online is that on the on the notebooks, the the country, the United States, there's a dot in Portland, a dot in Chicago, which are the headquarters of oh, yeah. Field Notes. And Draplin. On the box, there is also a dot in Minneapolis. Oh, cool. And I don't know if that means anything other than at the last minute they thought, oh, we should have the dot where they're doing the foil stamping too. <laughs> or if there's, you know, or if it's that there was the, the box could only be done in Minneapolis. I don't know. The box is pretty impressive. Did, did Ryan give you a box, Mr. Ryan? No, did he, he didn't give me a box. Oh. That son of a... Oh, well, I'd be happy to... I'd insist you take one of my foil boxes. These are a nice addition. I'll take I'm excited it. to use them. Yeah, no, that's fun stuff. I I will not be buying them in a stationery store in Poland, but I will be going to Poland in a matter of days. By the time our listeners are listening to this, I'll probably be in Poland. And I'm, I'm going to go to Warsaw and Poznan, and when you tell people who've been to Poland that you're going to go to Warsaw and Poznan, they go, oh, Krakow is amazing. It keeps happening. They keep telling you how much Krakow, how great Krakow is, um, and I'm sure it is. But, I, you know, I've done a little done a little research. You know, I, I want to walk into a stationery store, right? When I go to a place, I like to go to maybe an independent bookstore. I like to find a cool coffee shop. There is a Franz Kafka punny coffee shop in Warsaw that I'm going to go to. Um, and then, you know, you look for a stationery store, but I find that I don't know what I'm looking for in a stationery store. A lot of times the same thing happens to me in a bookstore. I have too many books yep. to really start looking for anything in a bookstore. Yep. So sometimes I make a little list of things that are hard to find and that helps in a bookstore. Oh, I like that idea. But in a stationery store, you know, I've got all the things that I really like that I can only get here, and I don't know what I can only get there. So, yeah. I, you know, I'll see some setup for, like, Parker pens or something, and I'm not going to buy a Parker pen. But, you know, what do I go and look for in this stationery store? Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. go ahead. This is, a, I mean, I, I, it's a cool question, because... You know, there's some uniformity there, and it's like, I'll go to a store, I, I don't travel internationally as much as you do, but I'll go to a store and and see a bunch of Leuchterm notebooks, I'm like, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy one in my hometown, and I don't really need to buy one here. But I think you've answered your own question, which is, you should immediately search for the thing that clearly you could never get anywhere else, or at least... Never anywhere else that you're going to go in the next 10 years. Right. Like the Polish brand notebook that, you know, has some trace of its, of its, uh, of the locale, not even from a tourist standpoint, but if it's like, 
you know, something more local that's probably not going to get exported to the U.S. Right. Maybe some Polish pencils, right? Maybe. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of times, a lot of times, one time in Spain, uh, <laughs> uh, 15 years ago, it felt like uh, it felt like the office supply, like the very office type office supply stuff was unique there. Um, yeah. And, you know, it the may have just been stuff. unique to Europe. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it felt, yeah, the, the, exactly the hardcore stuff. We're talking about the hardcore stuff <laughs> on this episode of Take Note. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's maybe what I look for, right? It, it also always feels a little odd in those situations to walk into a place, into, an, into a store where I don't speak the language, where there is nothing that I need. Yeah. And then to browse and to potentially walk out without buying anything. Uh, but I'll, I'll buy some pencils. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't not buy anything. I, I would have a goal to buy something. I mean, you went all the way to Poland to go see what kind of, whether it's college-ruled paper or, or wide-ruled paper <laughs> in their composition notebooks over there, right? Isn't that why you're right. there? That's why I'm there. That's well, why I'm there. Know, I got to spend some of those lottie. You know, you know you the best place think... for for stationery in Poland, though. Krakow, amazing. Krakow. <laughs> That's right. Well, I think right. I think you have less of a challenge than the typical American stationery store. Like, if you're in a different city, I mean, there's just not that many really cool right. stationery. And if, you know, you're going to... You're gonna find you're not gonna find something you can't find somewhere else in America, but I think you have it. You're kind of it's kind of getting served. Find that thing that you've never seen before, and buy it, even if you already have some. You know, it just gets it's unique. I think. But Can you, you I wouldn't say you have how to have widely ruled these Polish <laughs> notebooks are. But I don't think your standard has to be as high as it would in an American store. Like, oh, something right. that's unavailable, like that'll blow my mind. It's a it's a lower standard. I mean. My last experience was when I went to Paris, and that problem kind of solved itself because they they go all out with kind of an old school vibe. And then I went to Papier Tigre, which has only unique stuff, and I think I think they're actually expanding stateside. That's a fun company, but um, that was also unique because they were just fully fully into it. But yeah, I th- I think you'll have fun. Go for go for something new to your eyes. Sounds good. That's what I'll do. And you were have we? I don't know if we talked about it on the pod, but uh, you were on Monocle Magazine's what Concierge is that what it's called? The Concierge Podcast. Yes. Yeah. You and uh, you did a very Adam thing. I say that in a very admiring way. Where <laughs> they were like, "Is anybody going to?" foreign city and they need the concierge podcast to give you some tips for how to spend your time and you said yes yes i'm traveling to poland and in defense of the the concierge podcast and the team of monocle they did not say you should go to krakow they gave me a number of great suggestions it does seem like uh coming up with suggestions for posed on is maybe a little more difficult but i am looking forward to the special croissant that you can only get in Poznan. Hmm. Um, they did not recommend the town square, which is what you see anytime you Google what to do in Poland. It is, you know, arguably Poznan's, sorry, what, what you see 
when you look up what to do in Poznan. It's arguably like the only attraction in Poznan. It will be under construction while I'm there. <laughs> Poznan or bust, man. Um, Jimmy Buffett died. And I don't, I feel like we're not a, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't think we linger on celebrity deaths on this podcast. But I've been uh, I've milked Martin Amos for two episodes. <laughs> uh, but Jimmy Buffett, man, he was, uh, you know, most of us had our high school phase that kind of helped us position ourselves in the world. And Jimmy, my Jimmy Buffett phase was was a powerful tonic for me in my my late adolescence. I think when you and I met, I was in the full. I was in the full prime of it, if I recall. Cargo shorts and uh, Tiva sandals and a bucket hat. <laughs> and very little actual seafaring experience or any really much predilection for beach lifestyle. But uh, I loved his music, and I was in the Parrothead fan club, and I used to get their you know, like quarterly newsletter. Um and, uh, I mean, I still, you know, we were traveling around this summer road tripping and I played a lot of Jimmy Buffett, like, and he just, he, he had a just, I don't think he got a lot of credit for a great voice, but he had just a, a, a ringing voice and a relatable worldview and a, a relatable voice, I would maybe almost call it that. Easy to sing along to, easy to play his songs. And, uh, you know, he'd get the whole billionaire thing and the whole this and that but i always went back to like him and jerry jeff walker crossing paths you know and like just being like singer songwriters trying to figure out where in the country to go how to how to sell whatever kind of you know singing and songwriting message they were trying to sell i always thought he had maybe he had kind of a texas singer songwriter spirit about him and kind of by some dint of luck translated it onto the like Key West thing, which it, it, I was reminded that Jerry Jeff Walker actually recommended that he check out Key West, and that was like a pivot point. Um, but anyway, he was, uh, I loved him. I loved that guy. But the, after, you know, this whole summer of listening to him, I thought, man, I think it's time for me to go and see where he's touring and get a ticket to one of his shows and, you know, it was something like, oh, you know, a message that he was pausing all the shows. He was battling some health issues. So it wasn't a terrible surprise, but it was that thing of like, no, I was a little too late. A little too late. We did not, uh, we didn't talk about this, but uh, I do have, I do have in my email here a playlist of uh, five Jimmy Buffett songs. Uh, Woman Going Crazy on Caroline Street. Havana Daydreaming. Pretty famous Jimmy Buffett tune there. Okay. All right. Havana Daydreaming. Yeah. Son of a Son of a Sailor. Uh, Chanson pour la petite enfance. Yeah. yeah. Did I, and is God's this from Own me, Drunk. Is it who? This is June of 2020, Ted approved Jimmy Buffett songs. <laughs> yeah. I might have listened to him. I might have listened to him once. I shouldn't say that in this episode. It's, oh, it's fine. I, I, made, I mean, it's fine. I made the like, list no, of Ted fine. approved Jimmy it, Buffett songs. He was not not uh, sure if I did anything with it. 
he was not a guy who every every song on every album is uh, is bona fide. Like he wrote a song called "Math Sucks." Like the guy, <laughs> he was not John Lennon, but uh, but anyway, I just wanted to note his passing as someone who you know everybody's got those people that play that role in their life where you're like, man, I'm glad they existed and did their thing, and he was one of them for me. R.I.P. Jimmy Buffett. All I have to say about Jimmy Buffett is like that I know you liked him, and that uh, that article in the New Yorker about the Margaritaville themed, the Jimmy Buffett themed retirement communities was a really good one. <laughs> it was. It was really good. Did I mean? There, there's definitely a reason that every obituary is like, and a cunning businessman. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. He was he, he I cut out he was a had the cover of Forbes, I think, and it said something like, uh if you want true freedom, start a business or something like that. I was like, Yeah, okay, fine, you've tied it all together. Well played, sir. Um let's do this again next week, Adam. What do you say? Yeah, yeah. I just uh just trying I'm just looking up what branded resorts we could maybe start in in Mr. Buffett's honor. Where do you think Milwaukee? Is that should our first location. <laughs> Milwaukee. Maybe yep. Cleveland. Yep. Do you think Ryan yeah, would mind you... if we call it like Mr. Ryan's writerly uh, somethingville? Yeah. No. I, don't I feel like he's going to be less litigious than the Buffett estate. <laughs> you can check us out on the internet at takenote.space. There, you'll find links to sign up for our newsletter, which is really good if I do say so myself. Uh, Co-written by a a genius. To me, Um, Buffett. (laughs) uh, You can also find our Patreon there if you want to throw us a few dollars. Uh, We don't don't advertise, except for (laughs) the Jimmy Buffett uh, empire. Right. Um, and we do it all for fun, but you know those who support the show, it's a really awesome little boost. Covers just the most basic of costs that go into this uh, this little venture of ours. We're gonna do Cost a zine again. It, We're getting close to zine time. We are, yeah. yeah. Man. We gotta zine time. Crank that it's zine a holiday. Is that? Uh, it's a holiday for us. That's right. Um, yeah, and you can send us an email at take note central at gmail.com like central hq is the reference there um so we'd love to hear from you what's uh what the give us the blanky blanks of your soul for example yeah we get we want any, the blanky I'm blanks of out. your soul and we if want we get to... any I, I will read out every single blankety blank of your soul that, a, that anybody sends it's a hell of a commitment and if i don't you read any making. out you know that nobody <laughs> sent them or I said that's a hell of a commitment you're making. If you don't read any of them out, uh, it's because people didn't send them or because they violated our antitrust policy. (laughs) Take care.